You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Amen. Thank you, Kenny, for uh, leading our thoughts in communion. Amen. There's always a resurrection. I know Kenny did mention he's going to be coming off as the associate minister. He's preaching next week. He's going to give you more details on his future plan. And I have a lot of hope and, and vision for Kenny and my prayer is the West Side is not done with Kenny. So, amen. He's just got to go on a certain journey that he knows God's calling him to. Um, it's great to be together. I know we're in a different location, so I hope it's not uh, throwing you off your game too much spiritually. But the vet is having voting going on in the main auditorium for the whole city. So when they do that, there are a couple times this year that that occurs. We'll be meeting here. And so, you know, the, they also have uh, the, the facilities used as a senior center. So we do... I have abbreviated services when we meet here so it can be opened up for the seniors who come uh, during the weekend. So that's why the service is a little shorter and things are a little different. But it's awesome to be with everybody. Today we're concluding our Kingdom of Light series. And as well is our special missions offering, something as a congregation we've been doing for over three decades because we are a fellowship of churches uh, all over the world, 150 nations and those those different churches that got started, over 700 churches, were started by congregations like this who had a vision to look beyond themselves. So thank you for doing that. The little index cards on your chair are for you. There's one for every person, and there's a pen every other chair. And since we no longer give in a actual giving with money and, a, and, and the act of giving we don't get to do, we do it online, I wanted today for us to have the actual act of, of participating in an act of worship by writing on the card your name, and many of you have already given your special, right? What you've given or what you're going to give or what you plan to give by the end of the month to meet the, the goals of our special mission. And if you're visiting today, this, this is no obligation whatsoever. We as a church support work all over the world, and we prepare for this. So much biblical background for it. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. But I wanted to get you prepared for what we're doing today. So I want to read a verse. It says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, says, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And the title of today's sermon is, A Light Has Dawned. We need a light to dawn in our life to brighten our perspective in a dark world. I don't know if, if you know this. I've mentioned it a few times. I've recently taken up surfing. And if you've ever heard of surfing, they have a thing called dawn patrol. You get up before dawn, right? And I'm doing that for mental, spiritual, and physical health. And we don't live too far from the beach. I was like, if I don't do it now, it's not happening. So we're, you know, we live here in Clover City and, and it's a 10 minute drive. So we thought we got to take advantage of this blessing. And what's awesome is getting up early in the morning before the sun is fully risen, driving out to the various beaches and all the surf areas after checking your surf report. And when you're out there and you're, you get in the water and the sun is coming up, there's a serenity. There's a power. There's an expectation of hope. You ever get up really early and watch the sun? A lot of us love the sunset. What about the sunrise? Right? There's, there's this excitement. There's this, wow, this can be an incredible day. And as the sun rises and the sunbeams just, just shoot over the mountains and they begin to brighten up the area you're at, a hope can enter your heart. When Jesus came into creation, right, the incarnation of God himself it was a light dawning. But today we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit comes down 
and inaugurates the church. And this is a light dawning for all of humanity, for all of history. As Kenny mentioned, today is the day of Pentecost. And so Acts 2, in verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Pentecost, what does that mean? The word Pentecost means 50, right? 50th. And of course, that's in Greek. The day of Pentecost was an annual festival that the Jews were asked to celebrate to commemorate the harvest being brought in. Now, historians as well have shown us that that was actually the same time when Moses went up on the mountain on Mount Sinai and was given the law from God, right? And then brought that down and that inaugurated the nation of Israel, right? This incredible nation that spread the message of God and through whom Jesus came. So the day of Pentecost was known in the scriptures as the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of First Fruits. And it's when they brought in the harvest and everybody would travel to Jerusalem to celebrate 50 days after the Passover or exactly the day after seven weeks. So that's why they call it the Feast of Weeks. Seven weeks, 49 days plus one. The next day is the 50th day. And that is the day of Pentecost, the day of first fruits and the giving of the law. What's interesting is we find in Deuteronomy a passage that says, then they celebrate, then celebrate the festival of weeks to the Lord, your God, by giving a free will offering in proportion to the blessings the Lord your God has given you and rejoice before the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name. You, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, the Levites in your towns and the foreigners, the fatherless and the widows living among you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and follow carefully these decrees. This is an incredible annual celebration. And I, I, I'm excited about the annual celebrations we get to have as a congregation. I don't know if you know, the Orlando conference is coming. If a few of us could go to that, that's an awesome annual celebration. There's many that we do. Campus does our annual fall retreat. We do the annual marriage retreat. There's the catalyst retreat for the singles. There's the Spanish marriage retreat. There's all kinds of different festivals and gatherings we do as a Christian church. God set those up to help build family and memory and enable them to have a great pilgrimage in their walk on earth. So this was a command of God to celebrate. And we find that God then turns the Pentecost into something very special for the New Testament church. So I want to read a little bit about that. And uh, then we're going to talk a little bit why this is so important in our life and how we need to be a light dawning to a lost world. But again, it says there that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Here we find the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies that predicted the fulfillment of the spirit coming out and residing with mankind. Of course, Jesus had told them, I will, God will pour out his gift upon you. And this is the fulfillment of that act. It is the light of hope because it empowers the church at this point. And so Jesus was now not simply there physically, but he was spiritually present for every disciple for the rest of time. And we find in verse five and six, it says, 
Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Well, why were they there? It was the you know annual festival of the weeks, festival of the first fruits. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. You know, we all speak a unique language. Some of us speak, how many of you speak a language other than English? Raise your hand. Okay. That's awesome. All right. Even if you don't speak in in the language other than English, you speak a cultural language from your upbringing, from your experiences, from your family, from just kind of how you are. You have a cultural language and you are needed. You are crucial for a light to dawn in other people's hearts. Every nation came and they heard them in their own language. The Holy Spirit came down because his plan was to empower us that we would be little Jesuses with our own cultural understandings and connections and likes. And therefore, we would be able to connect with all people in all places in all time. You get to be a part of the light dawning when you are a part of the Christian church. And of course, the church launches here in Acts 2. And we see that Peter gets up and culminates his sermon about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And he simply says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. You're responsible. But he's made him the Lord and the Messiah. And then we all know this verse, or many of us do. He gives them the keys. How do we then respond to this, Peter? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. 2022. All nationalities are far off. And they can see the dawning of a new life in Christ through the Holy Spirit coming down. The promise is for all who are for all whom the Lord our God will call. Repentance and baptism is how you receive the free gift of the forgiveness and the Holy Spirit. And a couple verses later it says 3,000 were added to their number that day. And that launched the Christian church, which has been the most significant institution in the history of mankind. It's made the greatest difference in the history of humanity, and it will continue to make that difference, and we are needed now desperately, church. Desperately. When you look at the polarization of our world, and when you look at the darkness descending on the world, and the pain and the tragedy that that our, our country has to deal with every day reading the news, and the sad reality is now we almost have get to have the mind and sense of God who understands things through God's technological gift to us, we now... Sadly, in many ways, but can also be a great gift. We know all the evil going on, and we can find out all the good going on almost in a day, just looking at your phone. There's a verse that says, when Jesus comes back, it says, every eye will see that. I often wonder, well, how could every eye on earth see him physically return? By looking at your phone. (laughs) I mean, it would be on TV if he came out of the clouds, right? He's coming back, you know? You'd be looking at it, wow, every eye would see him. So that verse started making sense to me, right? Today, have you responded with repentance and baptism to this light dawning in our lives? God's calling all of us to respond that way. 
But the other thing is he's calling us to this mission to change the world. And, you know, the celebration of the first fruits was celebrating the blessings he's giving you, but then bringing a special offering. And we do that annually because we know how important it is to change the world. And so I want to close out simply with this concept. And I want you to see that when the church started, it says all the believers are together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I remember years ago, um, giving to special missions we did every year, my wife sold her, her wedding dress, right? It was a beautiful wedding dress. And she did it. Why? Because she was, she said, well, I won't need it again. I said, that's a good point. I guess we could have given it to our daughter, maybe. But, you know, she'll probably want a different one. But she's like, but I want to sacrifice. So I was like, all right. So she did it to sacrifice for, for souls, for change. And there's a story of a millionaire who came to his old church, and he said, he told the story. He says, you know what? When I was a young boy... I gave the last $5 that I had. I gave it all. I put it all in the debt. And now here I am, a multimillionaire. An older man got up to do the closing announcement, and he said, I dare you to give all you have again. Church, we built something amazing. I dare us to give it up again. To give. Have you thought back about your heart and what we've done building 700 churches you know, we need another 700 because the world needs a light to dawn. The question is, will you be a light dawning to a lost world? Will you be a light dawning to a lost world? You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.